Welcome back to another episode of the End Time Podcast. Today we want to talk about the Godhead, which may sound like a very in-depth term, but really what we're talking about is who is God? What is God? And the best we can look into is the absolute of the Word of God to see what He says about Himself. And the Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus himself speaking says, All powers given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Now, we've read that scripture now a couple of times dealing with water baptism and talking about the correct way to be baptized in Matthew 28. But I want to take it now a little bit deeper into who is God and and what is God and how does he make himself known? And which is a simple term that those of us in in a religious world or from a religious background call the Godhead. And really, you could go into it in many different ways because there's a lot of ideas that have developed over the course of time as man is ever learning and we're always coming up with new ideas, I'll say it that way. But many different doctrines have been brought out, many different things have been said, people have drawn different conclusions. But really, we want to take it in a very objective study that we have the right motive and objective, and that is that we just want to look at it through the truth of the word of God. We don't want to take any preconceived ideas. And also we want to let you know that this is what we believe to be the truth. And however you take it, we still want you to know that we appreciate you. And, and we want you to just be understanding that we're not trying to cut anybody out. We're not trying to draw anybody out. We're not trying to say somebody saved or not saved. This is for your edification because it is a, it is a serious thing in the Bible because really what you're asking the question of is who's God, yeah. you know, who am I, who am I worshiping? Cause the very word God means an object of worship and you can make a lot of different things, an object of worship. You can, worship your car you can worship your your um significant loved ones that you you don't feel like it's worship because you're not bowing down and oftentimes we want to look at it and we want to say well i don't bow down and worship that thing but the very fact that that is everything you spend your time on and your attention on and it, it becomes your life that is a form of worship so a god is an object of worship but then we need to look at what are we worshiping because we can even look and say, well, I worship God. Well, what does that mean? Well, what does it mean to just worship God? Because there's many different scriptures that even Psalms, David would write in the book of Psalms chapter 110. He says, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And if you just take this scripture in itself, it almost looks like there's, there's two. Yeah. 
you know, the Lord said unto my Lord. And, and you could split hairs and say, well, there's definitely two gods there because you got two people talking and they're both lords. And, you know, another place in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, he says, And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And this is a lot of, I'll say, licensed interpretive this is a lot of interpretive reading into what I'm reading, which is saying, you know, the ancient of days, he must be somebody with a big, long white beard and, you know, sitting on a throne. And this is, this is the great God that created the heavens and the earth. And there's one like the son of man, like, you know, we kind of vision him as a son and a young person coming unto him. And, you know, but that's all the figment of our imagination. Cause the scripture being the absolute, the word of God being the absolute, it doesn't contradict itself. So you've got to be able to run it all the way through from Genesis to Revelation and not just take a little bit here, a little bit there and say, well, this is my conclusion because I've I've had a great imagination of it. Yeah, and, and even in the New Testament, you find even Stephen as well, right? Um, so Acts chapter 7 from 54, it says, Stephen has spoken in front of the council and here he says, when they heard these things, they were caught to the heart. Because Stephen had just preached to them Jesus, right? So it says, when they heard these things, they were caught to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. <laughs> You know, so even here in the New Testament, you know, here is Stephen having a vision, uh, and he's saying, he says, "I see God. I see, I saw the glory of God, and I see Jesus standing on the right hand of God." And you read this, and you think, "Well, there must be two people here." I just want to talk next. Keep going. All right. You look at this, and you think, "Well, there must be two people here." I mean, here is the glory. He sees the glory of God, and he sees what. Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he says standing. <laughs> so it's not, you know, it's not even sitting. So, you know, it must be, must be another entity in heaven, right, if you look at that. Yeah, I mean, we can look at denominations. There's so many denominations within Christianity that would look at the Godhead just a little bit different, that would look at baptism just a little bit different. There's a Trinitarian ideals. There's people that might be more in the center of that. There was people that are, are what they would call Jesus only Pentecostals, I believe. And, 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 and it's, I don't want to just call names for the sake of names in, in any way that would point in a wrong way, but I don't want to call those names in a way that would be derogatory or anything like that. But to look at the different ways that people might look at God and even in that scripture, now to just look at that scripture example, we see an example where you could almost split God into a, f a few different parts. You see the Holy Ghost in Stephen. You see God stand or Jesus standing on the right hand of God and he was able to see the glory of God. And how many different parts of God did you just see there? I mean, you, you have to start to count. So when we look at how different Christians might look at the Bible, we can see that there would be perhaps things that would seem confusing, like what Andrew had mentioned about my Lord said unto my Lord, or what Max had mentioned about Stephen seeing God and Jesus and the glory of God and all these parts to it. But there's got to be a truth somewhere. There's got to be 
uh, an absolute and, and, a, and an absolute revelation of what and who God is. I believe God wants us to know who he is. I believe God doesn't want it to be so mysterious that we can't understand it. He wants to know us and he wants to be known of us. And, uh, and, and he wants us to know him. And, and so I believe that God wants to show his heart to us and that, that it wouldn't be just so mysterious that we can't wrap our minds around it or even so confusing that we can't wrap our minds around it, but that we would actually be able to see him for who he is. Um, though maybe on this earth, it would be through a glass darkly. There will be a day that we would see him face to face, but we would still begin to really catch a picture and a glimpse that's, of Jesus. That's exactly what we've come here to do is, is it is important to God how we see him because it, it was so important to him. Even when he was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt into their promised land, that there's a part of the Bible that's so well known by even people that don't really know the Bible very well. And that is the 10 commandments that he gave the children of 10 commandments. And those are often quoted and their signs made out of them. It's very well known, but it starts out in that. And it says, God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. So it mattered to God that he is number one. Yeah, It mattered to God that you knew exactly what and who you were worshiping and who you put in that place. Because even in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, which is the fifth book of the Bible, where it he even writes, Moses writes in the inspiration again and says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So he's very specific in the Old Testament and he's specific in other places. You could go into Jeremiah, different places that talk about how he's one. He's not multiple. He's not two. He's not three. The very word Trinity itself literally means three. It's a Trinity. It's it's symbolized in a triangle. It's it's that idea of three equal, the same in every way, except the fact they're three people or three persons, but yet they're the, they will say that, that you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're the same in entity, they're the same in essence, they're the same in power even, but yet they're three persons. And it's very clear that in the Trinity doctrine that, they are that, you know, the father is a person and the son is a person and the Holy Spirit is a person. The Trinitarian uh, viewpoint would be to say that, you know, there are three separate distinct persons um, and yet that they're all in one and that it's a, it's a great mystery and we can't truly fully understand it is how the approach of that viewpoint And, and that be. somehow... I'll just say it this way. I hope this isn't derogatory, but that somehow you can pray to one of them and that not be putting one before the other. When God said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So who do you put first? The Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? Because let me say it this way. Who, who's, who's the Father? You know, we could look at it and say, well, the Father is the Father. God is the Father, obviously, because he's He's God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. You know, it was God. It was Jehovah. You know, therefore, God is the Father. And you, you begin to put it out in that way where now God's the Father of the Son. And Jesus Christ is the Son. 
and you begin to have a viewpoint. And once again, remember I talked about you, you kind of begin to have an imagination of how everything flows because you see different scriptures, you know, one like on the son of man came to the ancient of days, the Lord said unto my Lord. And you begin to have a, a picture in our mind of how this all flows together. But like I said, it has to flow through all the scripture because you're going to look at it and say, well, the God is the father of Jesus and the Holy spirit is the third person of the Trinity. But then you got to try and fit that into Matthew chapter one, where now Matthew chapter one and verse 18 talks about the birth of Jesus Christ. And he says, and the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, that when as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Okay, wait a minute. I thought God was his father. Yeah. Is, is, so who's his father then? Because I'll be honest with you, if someone's got two fathers, that's a bastard child. Mm. Now you've got someone who's got, Two fathers. Who's who's the father here? Is God the father? Is the Holy Ghost the father? Because then it goes on even further. Where now it says, And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, but was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord said unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So now the angel comes twice, once to Mary, once to Joseph. And both times he says, the child in her is of the Holy Ghost. And then he says, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Now all that this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So you can see that now it would say that, as we know that God was the father of Jesus in one sense of the word, but here it's saying that he w- she was found with child, Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So God the Father and the Holy Spirit must be one in the same. Exactly. Otherwise, you have a situation that wouldn't God wouldn't put himself in. You also have that same scripture just a few verses later saying that Jesus was fulfilling the scripture of Emmanuel, which is God with us. So they have to be all one and the same and not distinct persons, but they have to be the same. They have to be all part of some complete and total I want to say some complete and total package, and I don't want to say that in any way that's disrespectful to God, but it's all part of the same being of God. Yeah. It really brings that that triangle of three real small. Real small <laughs> with no with points. Because no <laughs> all of a sudden you've got God and the Holy Spirit are one. God and the Son are one. So that means the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. Hmm. I've only got one left. It's like math. You know, in, in high school, you have math where this has to equal that, therefore this means that. And this has to equal that, therefore this means that. So if the Holy Spirit and the Father equal the same thing, and God and Jesus equal the same thing, you've got something that all equals the same thing. <laughs> it's a little bit like this. If you had four blind men, and they all went to a zoo, and they all found this elephant, 
right? And one of them touches the elephant and he says, an elephant is a wall. Remember, they're all blind. And he touches the side of the element and he says, the elephant, and he says, the elephant is a wall. And you, could, and you could say he's right. It's like a wall. As far as he could reach each side, it was just a big, flat, that was the side of the elephant. The other blind man says, what are you talking about, the wall? He would got a hold of his leg, and he says, the elephant's like a tree. He's round, he's solid, he's firmly placed. I can't pick him up, and an elephant is a tree. And the other guy gets a hold of the tail, and he says, what are, you, what are these guys talking about? The elephant is the rope. He gets a hold of the tail. He says, just like a rope. It's, it's exactly the same. These other guys are crazy. And the fourth blind man says, what are you talking about? An elephant is like a vacuum cleaner. He got a hold of his trunk. And he says, it's just a, a hose and it's got air coming in the end. And it's, 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 a tr- it's a vacuum. But they're all got an element of truth. Yeah. But they're just feeling one part. If their eyes could be open, they would see an elephant is an elephant. It's, it's not a vacuum cleaner. It's not a wall. It's not a tree. It's not a rope. Yeah. What you'd see with God is that there's so much of a, to, to limit God to a Trinitarian viewpoint, to me, limits the picture of God. You're, you're not seeing truly the big picture that he's trying to show you in the word. That, the, that, that how God wanted to, and we'll get to it in a little bit here, how God wanted to express himself. And if you look at Paul, Reese, you know, Paul was kind of in the same kind of situation, Reese, because Paul believed in God, you know, the God is one, um, Jehovah, Reese, and now here are some people that rose up after the Pentecost saying that the Jesus that was walking, you know, on earth, he he's God. And Paul is like, well, no, this is wrong. We need to correct this. So Paul is after the Christian persecuting them, saying, no, you guys are wrong. We have only one God, which is mm-hmm. Jehovah. So yeah. he's persecuting them and he's after them, right? But then so one day he's on his way to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, uh, and we can read that, you know, uh, it says Acts chapter 9, I'll read a few verses here. And said, And Saul, yet brisen out threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. So you're saying that Paul recognized him? Yeah. Because before that, Jesus ever spoke, he said, who art thou, Thou Lord? Lord. Yeah, Yeah, that that scholar would have known who God was when he came face to face with God. And God wouldn't have lied. No. It's one of the immutable things about God. He cannot (laughs) lie. Yeah. And he said, I am Jesus. Yeah. Who now persecutest? Because it's a little bit like looking at three sides of the same object and saying yeah. only your side exists. Or looking at three sides of the same object and saying it's three different objects. Yeah. When in reality, it's the same object. But I got a question for you. Ask away. When we look at the baptism of Jesus Christ, we see something very curious. We see 
that Jesus Christ goes into the water to be baptized. And we see that God the Father, I could call it that, so that when you see that God the Father would be above him saying, this is my beloved son. And we see an image of the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And in that picture in the scripture, we see three separate beings. How is that all the same? I want to actually read it to you. Yeah. It's important to actually yeah, read it. what's written, which is in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, Now when the people were, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heavens was opened, verse 22, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. First. Secondly, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. So, wait, you look at, when we talk, let's start by looking at heavens, right? So heavens in itself is an atmosphere, you know, like when we're referring to heavens and, you know, these places, we're referring to an atmosphere is something that's above us, right? So now, here out of heaven, as he's saying, as Jesus is being baptized and he went out straight out of the water and it says that the heavens is open, and what did he see? He's seen a, a, a spirit, the Holy Spirit descending in a bodily shape like a dove. So there is a spirit that is descending, right, in a bodily shape like a dove. Exactly, because when Jesus was baptized, he went straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God. The Bible would say the Holy Ghost descending in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. That Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God descending down. And he says, I thought they said that God was in heaven speaking. Yeah. So you want to try and take it and say, well, here's a picture like John painted where you've got God speaking up in heaven, the Holy Spirit in a dove, the sun standing on the banks of the river. But if you actually go and read it, you've got the Holy Spirit de descends. Which is the Spirit of God. And there's a voice that speaks out of heaven. Yeah. So where where is... Where is God in the picture? God in the picture here. Is he in heaven or is he coming down? Because you could also take it where the Bible says God is a spirit. And he must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. Because it's the same as you, if you look at it in Matthew chapter 1. The Holy Ghost is the father of the child. But yet God is the father of the child. Because the Holy Ghost and God are one and the same person. It's, it's just a title to say Holy Spirit or to say the Father or to say the Son. Those are titles of a person. It's not another God up in heaven speaking, but the Spirit of God was in the form of a dove that was the Holy Ghost, and it was God, the same thing. The Spirit of God, like a dove, descended, and a voice from heaven, which was from, which was above him, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Really, the right translation is, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased to dwell in or whom I am pleased to dwell. That was God coming into Jesus, and in him was the fullness of the Godhead 
bodily. And there's your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. That you have God in the form of the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, coming down in the shape like a dove, right into the Son, all three together in one. It's all, it's all the expression of one God. And, and some might say, well, how could God be there and there and there? Well, don't limit God. <laughs> he's omnipresent, right? And omnipresent means he's everywhere. Because, I mean, if, if we're going to put God in that way, that God can, if God is in heaven, he can be on earth, well, then that means that on Sunday, we got a problem. Because <laughs> what yeah, church did he go, did to? go to? Because then morning. that means some churches haven't got God in there at all, right? Because he can't be in separate places at the same time, right? So it's an omnipresent God. But just like Jesus says in John chapter 3, in verse 13, says, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now, understand that for a second. And there was the Son of Man this on Earth. This is the Son of Man on Earth talking. Yeah. Saying, you, don't come, nobody can ascend into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, who's, hi, I'm here talking to you right now, but I'm in heaven. You can. That, if you want to make, uh, from a Trinitarian viewpoint, you, you need three people that are distinct and separate. You can't have Jesus being the Son of Man on Earth and in heaven at the same time. Unless it's all one and the same yeah. God. He's an awesome God. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. he, he's awesome. Because <laughs> if you take him that way in the Trinity, exactly like we're talking about, and you begin to put him, well, you got God the Son here, you got God the Father up there, and you got this third person of the Spirit that is between them, I guess. Then which one's your God? The way to look at it now, to bring the type farther, is to look at a God in three different offices. You have a God that would be in the, in the office of a father who had the attribute of a father in him and wanted to show us a true mm-hmm. heavenly father who wanted to express himself as a son to die for us. And then who wanted to come and dwell in us in the, in the spirit of the Holy spirit. God had to express it this way for a reason because God, I'll say Jehovah or I'll say God the Father, however, whichever way you want to express it, in the Old Testament had a law, and there had to be a sacrifice for sin. And in the Old Testament, if you go and read the book of Exodus, you find that they had to bring a lamb to the tabernacle, and eventually it was a temple, and they would have to come, and they would have to lay their hands on this lamb, and they would have to, until the lamb had gone out, and it was signifying that the lamb had died in their place for their sin, that they deserved to die because of their sin, but the lamb took their place. Now imagine for a second, okay, I said I'm sitting here with Max, and I've got our producer Ethan here as well with me, and I say the next person to look into that light has to die. And Max looks up and looks into that light. But I turn and I say, you know what? Actually, I'm going to have Ethan die in your place. No, that's not very just. I I can't say that because I've just broken my own law. I just said the next person, and now all of a sudden I'm switching around and saying, you know what? Actually, someone else is going to die in your place, and I'm I'm just going to 
transfer that because I, I like Max too much. So I'm just going to, but that's not just. That wouldn't, so God had to do the exact same thing. Don't worry, Ethan, I like you too, okay? <laughs> but that's not just, but it would be just if I said, Max, I can't let you die like that. I'll die in your place. I made the law. Now I'm stepping in the gap and I'm saying, I'll take your place. Yeah. Now that's just. God did the exact same thing. God couldn't, it wouldn't be just for God to say, there has to be a blood sacrifice. And you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm just going to create another being and he'll come down and die in your place. That's not just. God himself had to come down. God had to express himself as his son so that he could come down in human flesh and take our place and die on the cross himself. He had to pay his own penalty for his own law in order to pay the right amount that that law could be paid for so that the scripture could say there is one sacrifice for sin, that Jesus once paid the sacrifice once and for all. Yeah. And as you're saying, uh, God had to do it. And for him to do it, he couldn't come in the form of an angel. Neither could he come in the form of, you know, a spirit. He had to come in the form of a man. Right? So God, spirit form, for him to come and do, as you're saying, to come and pay the price and be the sacrifice, he couldn't come in the form of which he was in the beginning as, as a spirit or as the Logos or whatever it was. He had to condescend in the form of a man mm-hmm. to pay that price. Yeah. Because what was required was the death of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had to die. But then he replaced it with the lamb. In other words, the, the, the penalty of, of sin was death of who committed it. So it needed a human to die to actually pay the price. And so the only way that could happen, that God to come, he couldn't come in any other form. He couldn't come as a lamb in the form of an animal, but he had to come as a man because he needed a man's sacrifice to pay the price. So that is why he comes in the form of a man and calls himself Jesus. You can look and say, well, how could now you've got God that's come in, 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 in the flesh, and how does that make sense? It's, it's two different, you know, but, it, but what it is, is it's two manifestations of God. It's two different offices of God. And the, the third one that came, really, the third one, in one sense, would be the Holy Ghost. But, but what it was, wasn't just a, a, a third um, part of a trinity. It was another mask that God put on and revealed himself with, which was the Holy Ghost. And, and now when you look at just a simple example of, of how we can all have different manifestations of ourself. If you look at Andrew, he's, he's a, he's a husband to his wife. He's a, a father to his kids. And, uh, and he's a, he's a friend to me and all of those things, different people will have different claims on him in different ways. His wife will have claims on him as husband, but his kids don't. His, his kids will have claims on him as father, but I don't. And hopefully his kids have claimed to him as friend too, but that's another story. <laughs> what we have is one human that, and he's got different faces to him, different sides to him, different parts to him, different manifestations to him. He might act in, in ways or express himself in certain ways in certain situations because of his role that he's in. 
but it's all Andrew Dodd. It's like if you if you go to the hospital and you have a doctor there, it, it's very disrespectful to look at that doctor and say, hey, doc, or hey, doctor, he's got a name tag on. He, he's in your paperwork that he's doctor so-and-so. He has a name. But yet you don't just address him. Let's say his, his name is Dodd. My name is Dodd. You don't just say, hey, Dodd. That would also be disrespectful. He's a doctor. You'd call him Dr. Dodd. You use the title and you use the name. It's just like if we go and we try and say, oh, no, God is just Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, now all of a sudden, it's just like saying, hey, doctor. Hey, doc, fix me. Doc, do this. Well, yeah, he's a doctor, but that's incredibly derogatory. It's the same thing with God. If you called me and say, father, or if, if, if John just called me friend all the time. Hey, friend. John, I have a name. It's, you can call me friend, but I'm friend Andrew. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm your buddy Andrew. You know, it's, it's more than that. It's the same thing as God. Or if we just say, you know, it's just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I know a lot of Jesuses. It also becomes derogatory because now I've left out the meaning behind that name. So it, it brings in so much more when it's, that's why Peter would bring it in and say, you got to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's using the title. It's using the name. It's giving him the proper accolades that he is due because he is God. It's giving him the proper respect and reverence for what he really is. And I, I just want to throw one more thing in here because it's it's so phenomenal to me because if you go right back in the very first scripture in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God, it's very specific, G-O-D, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. So here you've got God that created. If you keep on reading down, like God created this and God created, God said, and God yeah. said, let there be, and God said, let there be, and there was, and God created all of these things. But then if you go all the way over into the book of Colossians chapter one, and you read in in Colossians chapter one, you find a whole nother viewpoint because Paul is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says about him in verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Very clearly laying out, this is the Lord Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. Saying, God is a spirit that must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. He couldn't come down and die in spirit form. He created in the Virgin Mary, he created himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, became a baby so he could come and die. So he could go through all of these, these things. He was the firstborn of every creature. For by him, in verse 16 in Colossians chapter 1, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or all things were created by him and for him. So who's the creator here? The Lord Jesus or God? This is the same one that, that Paul met on the road to Damascus when he said, this is the Lord. He recognized this is the same pillar of fire that was there that led the children of Israel. He recognizes the same one and that that same one said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecuted. 
It was God expressed in Jesus Christ, who was both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, the complete fullness of the Godhead bodily actually dwells in his church, us today. Um, all that God was, he poured into Christ. And now all that Christ was, he, he's pouring into us, the believers. Jehovah God up, up in heaven couldn't touch the human race because of his own holiness. Jehovah God became sin for us and paid the price that the same Jehovah God could come and live in us. God above us, God with us, and now God in us. Not three gods, one God, but it's, it's a revelation. And even when you pick it up, you know, just touching again on the Holy Ghost, right? how people said the Holy Ghost is a person. Like if you go back to the book of Acts, when the Holy Ghost came, it wasn't a person that came there. You know, they said a mighty Russian wind and like tongues of fire was upon them, right? And the Holy Ghost so, fell. And the Holy Ghost fell upon them. So yeah. no person showed up there. Yeah. Right? It was the spirit of the Holy Ghost that came upon them. Yeah. And that spirit is the same spirit of God. Yeah. Because as he last, as we said, he came in the form of Christ, died, paid the price for us. But now he had to come and live in us to carry on the work. Yeah. Right? Because we in ourselves still in this flesh, we, we couldn't still live it because then we'll still be under the law again. There had to be something greater than the law. And that was what the Holy Ghost coming in us. Right? And that was him. Now God, the spirit form, became flesh. And now he, he, he ascends into heaven. And he himself come back down again. But this time in a, term, in a form of a spirit in his body to live himself again. So the Holy Ghost, people say, you know, is the third person. It's not a person. Like if you look in the scripture, the Holy Ghost never is described as a person. That's that's beautiful because Jesus said, I will send the comforter. And yet on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't a knock at the door that said, hey, I'm the comforter here. <laughs> Let yeah. me in. Yeah. But rather the Holy Spirit came and filled them all within. Yeah. And it made them act different. Yeah. It changed their spirit That's right. where they couldn't act the same way anymore it wasn't peter the coward anymore denying christ it was peter standing up and preaching and saying this is that and as a matter of fact if you go read the book acts chapter 2 he was preaching and i think it's about 16 different languages saying something once and 16 different nationalities of people were hearing them in their own language peter didn't know how to do that God did. Yeah, that's right. And it's exactly the same today, like John is describing, that it was God, Jehovah in the Old Testament, and he changed his mask. The Greek word, if you want to go back into some of the original wording in the Bible, it's immorphe. It's 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 like God, like a someone an actor that would act in a skit and would act more than one part. They changed their look, they changed their costume, they changed their mask. It's God that he changed his mask, that he was Jehovah, the God above us all. He came right down, left all that splendor, changed his mask to become man, and then ascended back up into heaven after raising from the grave, and then came back down into the hearts of men. It's three sides of the exact same object, that if you're looking at the third side, you begin to actually see yourself in it, because you realize it's not just God way up yonder, but if I'm in Christ, 
I'm a part of him. I just want to clarify something here that, you know, saying that, you know, to say the Holy Ghost, it is a person. It is Jesus coming in here, right? Yeah. It's not like I'm, I'm not trying to say that, you know, it's just a spirit. No, the Holy Ghost is a person. It's Christ coming in you. But it's not right? a third person. It's not a third person, but it is yeah. a person. Yeah. And it's the same person, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit in you. <laughs> it's the same person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because you cannot separate them. Yeah. Now, what it is, is that it, it says in Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. I believe we're living in that day. What does it mean when God says he's going to pour out his spirit? When he said that here, he, it's, it's, it's a Greek word that, that means he, he emptied himself or poured out and not like he would, you know, we think about poured out like vomit up or something like that. We don't attribute that to God, but we would think of that as the English word of being emptied. But the word kinos, K-E-N-O-S in the Greek does not mean he, you know, he vomited up like his, his arm went off or his eye went out or another person, but it's that he changed himself and that he poured himself into, into another mask or another form. Not another person went out of him called the Holy Spirit, but it was he himself. So when he poured his spirit out on us, it was himself coming into us as the believers, Christ in us, the hope of glory. How beautiful to think, you know, God pouring himself into the human being, into the believer as all of a part of his drama. So when God would come and live in us, Kinos, when he would come and pour himself into us, that's, it, it's God the literal spirit of Jesus Christ coming to you. What, what is the Holy Ghost? What is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? This is an episode for another day, but it's that revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. It's alive. He's alive. And I'd like to say, adding add on to that, John, is, you know, the Holy Ghost is poured on the church, on a body. So it's not like now, because you look at it, right? All that God was, as you were saying, John, he poured it into Christ. So Christ was the fullness of it all. But now all that Christ was, he poured it into the church, which is a body. So it's not like now the Holy Ghost is embodied in one person, but it's given to the church, right? If you look at it on the day of Pentecost, the tongues of fire was divided. It was the same fire that led the children of Israel, God himself. What was he showing? He was dividing himself and pouring himself into the body which is the church so every one of us has got a portion of it that's the reason why some people have got certain gifts of the holy ghost this certain gift of the holy ghost you know different gifts in the body of the holy ghost he poured himself you know into different people some preach some sing some do this to the other right so it is a gift to the body now right it's not just one person that has got the holy ghost like you know and I won't talk about names, but you get what I mean. It's not a Pope sitting up somewhere who's got it all, right? <laughs> it's why Jesus could say, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. In, in Matthew chapter 28. Yeah, He could make a statement because all the fullness of God was in him. Like John used the word kinos, was yeah. completely poured. All of God changed his form into the Son. And he's saying... I'm he. Not one of us, though, even though we have the Holy Ghost, 
can say all power is given. Because it was in Colossians chapter 1 as well, where Paul then would, would also write, and he, he would say, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So now you have another statement of the Father and the Son. But it pleased the Father that all of himself would be in the Son. But all along you've been looking at the same picture. <laughs> you know, all along you've been looking at one person and you've just been confused. But all along it's been, you've been looking at the same thing, you just was a little bit confused, but it's the picture is just one. So here we can see that you have some that believe in what they call a trinity. Others believe in what they call oneness or one, just Jesus only. But it's somewhere in the middle because really they're trying to say the same thing. That he is one God in three offices. That he's God, that he displays himself as the Father and he displays himself as the Son and he displays himself as the Holy Spirit. But I, the Lord your God, am one Lord. I am one God, and thou shalt have no other gods before thee. He's still one. He's still to be worshipped as one. And he is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. That's our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today. I trust it's a blessing to you, and you've been encouraged by the words you've heard. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at etpodcast at etmtab.com or follow us on Instagram at endtimepodcast. God bless you. Till next time.